This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A Gorilla Podcast Syndicate Production. Samutsari Conversation with Mimi to connect with other women who may need someone to talk to around everyday life issues and challenges from managing career and household to inner productivity, relationships, and other hot topics. Samutsari Conversation with Mimi Hello everybody and welcome to Samutsari Conversations with Mimi. So this is a podcast by Mimi Laurelia and um, I am very happy today that because I have somebody special who's my co-host slash guest for, for this episode and uh, I'll introduce her to you now. Her, she is Ana de Guzman. Hi Ana and welcome to Samutsari. Hi, Mimi. Thank you for having me here in your show. Samut Sari, congratulations, by the way. I know you just started last week, if I'm not mistaken. Was it last? Yes, last week. It's a great way of starting your first episode because, you know, the first thing people have to do is to be able to relate to you somehow so that you don't just come into their rooms as a stranger, you know? Yeah. That's why, like, you, you started off with that introductory video. Yeah, yeah. nice. That's good. Um, and Anna, just to let you know that this podcast is mainly targeted for Filipinos overseas or Filipinos abroad. But of course, if uh, we reach farther than that, then obviously we can, um, you know, reach out to maybe fellow Filipinos who are like you still in the Philippines. But um, the target is really to reach out to as many uh, Filipinos and, and non-Filipinos all over the world. So you have to start somewhere, like you said, and uh, to reach one or two people from here at the moment. I'm really quite happy with that. Uh, but I'm hoping but that, that my audience base will uh, grow eventually. Okay. So, Anna, can you tell uh, the audience a little yeah, bit about your professional self? Um, what are you doing at the moment and what, what are you busy with? Uh, what's going on in your professional life? Well, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm teaching. Uh, we just ended the term um, at De La Salle where I'm teaching right now. And I've been teaching for more than 20 years. And at the, currently, well, teaching in La Salle is just my sideline. But my main job is, of course, as a, is as a content writer for a web page for the company we have in Australia that's catered for um, 
clientele that are based in Nepal and India, and hopefully uh, worldwide. Wow. So you are also like Miss International. <laughs> oh, yes. You're working for an overseas yes. company. You are in the Philippines, and the target market is also from different countries. So yes. uh, that's great. So you really fit the bill. Okay. So Anna, my show is mainly targeted to women, but of course, it is not uh, to say that men are... Um, you know, echapuera, mm. <laughs> we want to call it mm. like that. Um, also, definitely the, the males would benefit from our uh, exchange of information. And the purpose of my podcast is really to share what we can to uh, contribute to other people's, you know, something positive uh, rather than just hearing those negative messages. We want to inspire them. We want to um, share um, new information, maybe things that they don't know. But today, our topic is a very common topic. You, obviously, when you, when you say COVID-19, there's nobody who doesn't know that. Even little kids know what COVID-19 is. And um, I want to add to the discussion or to the debate or to many information available about COVID-19. And um, we would like to talk about the emotional and psychological um, aspects of uh, how you are affected by this COVID-19, especially at being a woman with many, many hats. So, um, and thank you for starting a little bit of the research for this topic because Anna is so, uh, what do you call that, Anna? You're very diligent. <laughs> you've done your homework. Um, you've researched uh, about this. And I think what we can do is get started with why we need to talk about the psychological and emotional well-being of women during this time of COVID-19. So what are your thoughts around that? Oh, you know, Mimi, when, when this COVID thing started, I mean, I wasn't one of those people who felt the stress of, you know, uh, being under lockdown or not being being able to go out. I mean, for the first two weeks, I, I was like getting the hang of it. I did not feel any stress at all. But then, you know, when the quarantine started uh, to be extended, like here in the Philippines, it's we're now on our 56th day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, we're already on our 56th day. So it has its uh, mental, uh, it has taken its mental toil on me. Yeah. Uh, there was a time that I even, uh, you know, cried because, you know, as you have said, I had to fill so many hats. I work from home and you're a mom. You have to take care of the food, the, you know, what husband has to buy outside and make sure he buys the correct thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't end up buying the wrong thing yeah. because we're doing the marketing <laughs> and all that. So, you know, what's interesting to know, I think, is if what the kind of stressors I'm experiencing as, you know, a female in a developing nation is the same as the kind of stressors you're experiencing uh, from somebody who's in a developed nation, right? So, I mean, I, to tell you honestly, the impression I had was like, you know, with developing nations, their only problem is about toilet paper. <laughs> we started with toilet paper and it moved <laughs> to other items as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was having this impression that oh they they you know we have it we have it harder here on our end because we have to worry about you know there are people losing jobs. Um 
and some companies have to pay their employers uh, employees half of what they usually take home considering the fact that they still work from home and one thing i realized is that working from home is so difficult mm. it's difficult okay because a lot of things are eating your time are taking everybody wants your attention like your kid you have to tutor your kid who's doing online classes, right? Mm-hmm. You have to think of what you're going to cook for dinner, for lunch, etc. You're going to think of, okay, uh, what's on my shelf right now? What food do we need? How long will this last me? You know, those sorts of things. They may sound trivial, but if you keep doing them, and if, you, if you, this is something you have to encounter every day of your life, it does take a toil yes, on your yes. emotions and yeah. on your psyche yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. So what, based on what you've mentioned so far, I picked up on some uh, definite stresses. <laughs> Can we call that a stresses or stress factors or stress enablers? Stressors. Yeah, stressors. So one is um, anger because... Yeah. You, you're you not used to being in the situation and sometimes you feel angry have to happen. You start questions. The other thing that I picked up on what you're saying is uh, the feeling of uncertainty, anxiety, because suddenly your normal routine has become out of whack. Oh, yes. The other anxiety is the financial aspect of that because you mentioned that you know, you're working from home, but still companies aren't able to provide you with the uh, regular pay that you're getting. And um, as in the case of um, anywhere all over the world, we also have our... Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Version of Ayuda here. Yeah. But definitely a version of Ayuda is, is different. But it's, it's the struggle to, to maintain your status quo. It's the struggle yes. of how am I going to make do with the little that I have and how, oh, trustworthy, yes. how trustworthy is the government in terms of giving me this oh. Ayuda or support. You so can you tell nail. me your experience you around that? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit of insight? Well, where do I start? Well, you know, um, when this thing started, uh, I feel so blessed that we're under uh, the mayorship of Isco Moreno. I'm sure our Filipino listeners would, uh, I think, know that they know him already. Uh, he's very active and uh, he, he really has a genuine concern for uh, his con- constituents and those that are under him. And so as soon as the quarantine hit, uh, he was already up and about trying to prepare food to give out. That was his first goal, was to give out food packs for families in Metro Manila. So he had to go down and ask the barangay uh, chairmen to give uh, names of those families who are under their barangays. And so we thought that we're going to receive aid like during the first week or two weeks upon announcing it. And lo and behold, we received our first ayuda, as you might say. The first ayuda we received was not a food pack. It was not a food pack. The first uh, that we received was 1,000 pesos. If we will convert that to Australian dollars, I'm, I'm not mistaken, that's just 20, 20? Not even 20, right? Or 20, <laughs> Maybe around 30, 30, 30, 25 to 30, 30 dollars. Mm. Yeah, 30 Australian dollars, right? So 
well it may not be a lot but you know it, it's still money anyway that you could that could tide you like for a week right mm. and then after that we did, we did not hear anything else from our barangay and it stresses me out because you would see posts uh, on Facebook you will hear I would receive messages from my friends online saying oh nakareceive na kami pang lima na namin ayuda to this is our fifth trench oh you have, yeah you haven't re- <laughs> you have received only one <laughs> so right? what so, what was the hold up what was the issue what, where 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 does the chain of of um, this ayuda get blocked that reason why some barangays get more and in your case your barangay only got one how who does the decisions around yeah. the rotation of the ayuda i i guess it's like this they the barangay got the list of names of families from the list of voters right and that could be problematic because there could be voters who are no longer part of the community who may have mm. already transferred somewhere else. Uh, and there may be people who have already died who still belong to the list. And I think that the problem comes in when they have to reconcile the names and all that. But, I, you know, there's, there's really nothing I could think of. And there was even a point in time where I started to think, oh, maybe they, they took are ayuda for their own keeping. Yes, yes. You cannot help but think about that. Yeah. Yes, yes. But then, you know, uh, I wanted to vent out online through Facebook, which I have somehow done in the gentlest manner. I'm that I could think of sarcastically. Uh, So we just received the second, second ayuda today. Today. Ah, I don't know okay. if you've seen my Facebook post, but it was the spaghettis with the sp- yes, spaghetti noodles I, I with the sauce yep. and the, the rice, right? So, you know, I think the problem comes in when, you know, you know, people have, you know, vested interest to what they're supposed to give out to the, to the people they serve. You know, that's, I, I, I guess that's deeply rooted in our society, I guess. Uh, with the kind of governance we're having here for the longest time. But, you know, I could say all, all's well that ends well. We have already received our ayuda. Uh, some, in, some, uh, in some cities, I guess, uh, they've already received numerous ayudas or help from the mayor's office. Mm. So, that's good. In the government, the government has even taken its own initiative of providing SAP, Social Amelioration Program. Are you part of the SAP? You, uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't belong. Uh, I don't qualify because I technically I have a job, right? Mm. I just work from home. Yeah. But then, you know, there's this issue right now because I think the government released trillions of pesos for that. Trillions. And, you know, the the we're having right now is that tonight we're, we're waiting for Duterte's decision whether to extend the quarantine for another 15 days uh, or or to extend it until June 15. I see. Now that's another month. Yeah, so... There's so know, many I'm factors having... because your situation yeah. is different. There are more Filipinos to give the ayuda to compared to yeah. here in Australia, although there are a huge number of people that have suddenly become unemployed 
but their own ayuda system is not given through actual goods they have a, but a that I get, that they have to qualify to get some money yeah and you know um i i i i know and i thank the government for doing this uh, step and i know their heart is in a good place when they did this how Ever, however, I believe they could have channeled their resources to other, uh, to other avenues. For example, uh, devoting it to buying testing kits so everybody could be tested, right? Because what's the point of extending if we wouldn't know how many are infected and how many are not, right? We cannot just extend and extend the quarantine if we don't know the numbers, Mimi, right? That's true. If we don't know. <laughs> Here, Australians pride themselves around the fact that we've tested almost a million um, people. And they're, wow. uh, and they're telling us now that even the slightest of symptoms, like for example, I have itchy throat, I have sore throat, or I have colds. Right. Make sure that it's not flu or it's not COVID or I, either. You have to get tested. Wow. So that's wow. the priority. That's... The priority is testing but they've also given out unprecedented amounts of money to support the people financially but uh, some of the politicians are also saying that it should not be like a long-term solution otherwise the um, the reserves whatever dollar reserves they have will obviously run yeah. dry as well okay so anyway that's the global overall um, big picture stuff but if you go back to the individual self I think some people are complaining, and based on this article that we are reading, they are feeling either frustrated or bored while they're on quarantine. And uh, they also feel a sense of loss in terms of the human or physical contact with other people. Oh, yes. So is that the same where you are at the moment? Because, you know, in a given household, there are more people in, in a small area. As opposed to here, yeah. you have a bigger, slightly bigger house. But lesser number of people. So I don't know how the boredom or diminished social and physical contact plays out in the Philippine context. Mm-hmm. Well, here, you know, uh, our houses are totally different from the kind of communities you have there. Our community, rather, is different from the kind of communities you have there in a way that you have big yards where you could go out and maybe, you know, walk a bit or have a picnic or, you know, have a feel of uh, fre- uh, fresh air or something. We don't have that luxury here in the kind of community that we have. We don't have backyard. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Yes, there are not a lot of people, but there are people outside, you know, and you're really trying your best to to stay indoors and, you know, protect yourself from COVID. But, you know, there's such a thing as cabin fever. Um, it's not, not really having fever. Uh, but it's called cabin fever, and it's the feeling of isolation, so much so to the point that you want, you're you itching to go outside or it, uh, it actually affects you in such a way that you feel depressed. Because there's nowhere to go, right? Mm. You know, the feeling of claustrophobia, right? Uh, it's a good thing that in our house, you know how Filipino houses are. You don't just live with your main family. Uh, I live with uh, my in-laws live upstairs, and my mother and father-in-law are upstairs, and my brother-in-law and his family are beside us. So there's a sense of you know 
uh, getting in touch with the people you love. I I think it would be harder if it were just the three of us, like me, my husband, me, and my daughter. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it would be different. It would be difficult. And there are houses here that are compounds, right? Where in in a in a uh, housing there would be four or five families living. So I think you know uh, the sense of isolation only kicks in when you know you don't have to you have nowhere else to go except your living room your dining room your kitchen your bathroom etc we don't have the luxury of having on our own yards sprawling yeah. gardens <laughs> for that matter we don't have that luxury here so you know uh do are we bored yes there are times we do get bored because you do you're doing the routine things uh you're doing the same thing over and over again i think we've uh, finish a lot of shows on Netflix, right? And I'm, you know, what's 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 there to 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 watch? What I think one thing that I've gained from this is, you know, having to develop myself. Uh, so I've t- taken courses online that are for free, right? Mm, and I'm course. sure a lot of people around the world have taken that initiative as well. Yeah. So you know, it it, it start, I think this is the new normal. You know? Yeah, it's a new normal. But hopefully, well, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, you are lucky because your bubble is a little bit bigger. You have your in-laws and your uh, brother-in-law and his family in your compound. It's not like you have just your nucleus, uh, the nuclear family. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. So, the other thing that um, you probably experience is the sense of... Um, conflict between working from home like you're actually finding the time to do what you need to do so this is the same situation as myself i work from home and the um what do you call that the temptation to do your household chores you know oh, the yes. things yeah but i'm telling you now I, I i also am guilty of that temptation but despite the fact that there's an opportunity to do more cleaning, more dusting, oh, yes. more arranging the sock drawer sort of stuff. <laughs> I just, I just left it because, I, although I know I should do it, I'm technically working from home, so I feel guilty both ways. I feel guilty not being able to do more for my house chores, but I feel mm. guilty if I do it and then I know that I have to work as well. It's, so it's, it's hard finding to strike the a ba- balance. balance, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you yeah, feel the same way? Do you feel the same way? Oh, yes. Because there's a certain level of... You have to be consistent with your work output even though you're working from home. Because their thinking is... I guess my bosses are thinking... I don't know. This is just my assumption. Uh, you have more time on your hands yeah. to do your work. But then, you know, come to think about it, you have more than just... You just... You have more than just your think of as I told you earlier you have to think of what you're going to do what you're going to cook next right uh, do I have to defrost the meat now is it time what do, I, do we have enough meat left etc you know especially now that my washing machine bug bugged down on me right so <laughs> we're doing our laundry by hand would you believe it's a good thing that we the spinner the spinner is still okay so I don't have to wring out the clothes oh, by hand. Oh, yes. The spinner is more <laughs> oh, important. <man>. Yes. <laughs> so, the struggle is really there. The struggle, I mean, I have to be honest with you. Uh, the domestic uh, demands is eating up more of my time than my work. 
and you know there are times I, I'm sorry I have to attend to them mm. first before you know work so if there are other people like us who are also struggling what's one strategy that you can suggest in order for them to feel a bit more in control you know so that they don't feel overwhelmed and don't let the temptation kick in in order to strike a sort of balance yeah i think what uh people have to do is to learn how to prioritize uh and the way you would do this and i'm sure you this is something you already know we taught this in lasalle it's do a johari window right mm. so what's important for you to accomplish list out on the left side now so you could just set it aside right uh, so you have to come up with a Johari window or just a list of what needs your attention now right and what you need to attend to at a later part in life and you know you have to learn also how to meal prep I don't know if that's a thing in Australia do you meal prep so by meal <laughs> when you, do you meal mean prep, you Cool. For example, in the evening, I will already chop whatever I need to chop, uh, marinate what I need to marinate. So the next yeah, day, so sort of I'm that, already but ready. It's, or it's actually having the time to cook meals for the next three days. Oh, I do Something that all that. the time. I do that all oh, the time. There, there to you the go. Point, to the there point that go. my family, are, they are so sick of the same food. <laughs> They're complaining. <laughs> of I keep eating the same them, stuff. Don't complain because some people don't have enough food to eat. So now I'm pre-cooking everything and so that all they need to do That's is we eat, we eat, we eat until we can come up with the next best, best dish. So I true. rotate my dishes. I have a cycle like Fish in two days, chicken another three days, beef, pork another two or three days. So they rotate. You have because to show I me that to, list. I need to cook <laughs> yeah. a lot because I don't have the time to cook um, like lunch, During dinner, the day. lunch, dinner every right. day. Right. No time. Right. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a slightly sensitive topic and this is around the frontliners. So we know that the frontliners are the nurses, the doctors, the people that are working in the health system, and some of the basic or essential workers, the workers that work in the grocery shops, uh, the people that are, um, what do you call that, Del delivering the goods and services to the community. Mm -hmm. um, but the more sensitive issue is around those frontliners who have been affected by COVID-19 themselves. There is a stigma around the fact that you've oh, gotten yes. the, the COVID-19 yes. and a lot of people want to stay near you or they think that you you are a second-class citizen or you, that you have this disease. or and, and, and they're the ones that are putting their lives in, in, in the line of fire, so to speak. So um, I've been hearing stories around that, but in your experience or what you observe or what you hear, what are the um, the general sentiments around those victims of COVID nineteen who have recovered? Uh, you know, uh, we're talking about frontliners here, and I've, I've, there have been cases. I'll cite one. Uh, there was this nurse who was on his way home, and he was spewed with bleach on his face. Right, uh, simply because people, you know, I don't know what what was on the mind of these uh, people who spewed 
bleach on his face. It's a good thing he did not lose his, his eyesight, right? But, you know, I've been hearing a lot of stories from frontliners themselves who have experienced um, discrimination. Uh, like, for example, somebody who's living in a condominium experienced, uh, you know, their, their neighbor saying, you know, chiding some remarks while he was on his way down waiting for the elevator or distancing themselves. I mean, people, frontliners are helping us fight this battle against COVID. It should be more than, uh, we, just, we should just be more than thankful to for them, you know, for putting their lives, as you have said, Mimi, mm. they're the frontliners who put their lives at risk. And these frontliners have families that they don't end up going home to at the end of the day simply because they might infect their families, mm. right? Um, so there are stories of frontliners uh, facing discrimination. As a matter of fact, here in Metro Manila, Amir Isko came out with a bill that frontliners whether you're a healthcare worker, down to those people who are uh, delivering food, like via Grab or Lalamu, should not be discriminated on. And anybody who will discriminate on these people will be penalized or put in prison, depending on the degree of offense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't have to go to that point, but it has come to a point wherein um, this law has to be passed to prevent this from happening again. Mm. You know, it's already stressful that, you know, you are already working in an environment where you could actually get infected or you're putting your life in danger, right? And then you go home and, you know, people are like staring at you or distancing themselves from you because you're wearing a scrub suit or something. Uh, you know, that's... Don't, let's not lose our sense of humanity, people. Uh, you yeah. know, that's where this... Yeah, it's so sad that this thing is happening because, you know, you don't know that's the struggle that they are facing. And then to add to that is what they have to face going home. Mm -hmm. And there are some healthcare workers or even frontliners who don't get the luxury of, you know, being at home with their loved ones. I have a, I have a friend in the States who's actually sleeping at the broom closet of their house because that's the only room available for him to sleep on that would not endanger the lives of the rest of his family members. You know, it's like uh, when you go home and you want your child to hug you and your child cannot even hug you, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's really tough. Yeah, that's true. So I think that is one of the other manifestations that has been mentioned in, in this article from the uh, Journal of Psychology that um, because yeah. of uncertainty or uh, you don't know how to react to this sudden change. And it's not a small yes, change. It's, yes. it's like a bombshell that was uh, oh, yes. just dropped without any warning. So the, the people who are reacting this way must be one of those people that are mentioned in the article that's uh they said that the, that's the psychological effect you know you begin to think things that may not make sense but uh, yeah. human being as you are you've you've started to manifest those negative thoughts negative energy and um that spills over to other people so yes. instead of thinking about the good that we can contribute instead of thinking about the welfare of others who might be in a in a more uh, dangerous situation than we are, then we have the time and the energy to to put, you know, throw 
bleach to on their yes, faces yes. or discriminate them. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. So anyway, I hope that the um, the listeners don't feel that it, that the situation is so dire. Is it is it really that dire, or is there a, like something positive that comes out of this COVID nineteen? What can you say about that? I would like to believe that you know people. There's no point thinking about the negative outcome. I mean, we're already in a negative situation as it is. The, the only choice you could make is, you know, think of the positive outcome. If, how, how would you come out of this situation as a person at the end of it all, right? Um, I would like to believe that there's something good that's going to happen at the end of this all. It would affect us. I mean, it would prove that, number one, we are resilient, right? Uh, number two, that we are capable of um, enduring hardship, right? Um, number three, I believe that, you know, it has made families closer. For me, that's, that's the best thing that has come out of this situation. You know, there was a time where I would leave the house 5, 5.15 in the morning. You know, I won't even see my daughter get up and go to school anymore. And the moment I get home, I would be preparing dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And by the time she finishes dinner, she's ready to go to sleep. Yes. So basically, there was little or no bonding at all. And the only time yes. we had to bond would yes. be on the weekends, right? Yeah. So I think that's the best thing that has come out of it is I was able to bond with my daughter, with my husband, right? Um, and you know realizing that we're here for each other, I guess is that we're here to support each other is the best thing that yes. has come out of it, right? And we yeah. have become better persons because of this situation. I agree. So all, overall, it's not, it is bad, but it's not totally bad. So there are still yes. some good outcomes out of this situation. And we're just hoping that um, potentially we can return to what will be the new normal. Um, a lot of our routines will become different. Uh, the ways that we interact with people will become different. The ways we um, hygiene, sanitation, health in general will be different. And I hope yes. that um, anywhere around the world, people will become more optimistic about what's going to happen now. And, and they call this the post-COVID-19. So yes. after the fact, what, yes, what's going to happen? Yes, yeah. Uh, based on the article that you you know you're you're citing, which is from Psychology Today, who the author is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the author cited that there are other stress factors post COVID, right? And you know, one thing I guess if if we have if we have to say something to those who are listening to us, we have to be ready for more changes, right? And we have to learn how to adapt. Because you know, for some for some people, it's hard to deal with change, right? Because True. you've been you've been doing things routinely for the longest time, right? You know, mm. so the hardest thing is for you to adapt. So first is maybe you have to acknowledge that things have changed and that there is a need to adapt. You know, uh, because the moment you deny, I don't, I don't, there's no progress. You know, going up. After that, if you have if you have that thought, and you know, um, if we are going to go back to our to our usual workplaces and we're going to earn 
the same amount of money or you know for if we're thinking of earning extra income it's i think it's the time to save because one thing i realized is that you know this thing happened in the middle of as you said it dropped like a bomb i I mean, if you did not have any financial resources to work with, you'd be grappling with struggles mm. right now, right? Even yeah. I thought of Which the legs and that would not be the best people. situation to That's be true. in, right? Yeah. A majority so, of people that have felt that, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's better that, you know, um, once we're allowed to go out, here we, we call it general, general quarantine, uh, ECQ, GCQ. Uh, you once allowed to that i guess and we're back to our normal uh, working conditions and we're receiving the same amount if not more than uh, the amount of money that we're receiving i i guess you have to set money aside for things like this because you could never tell you can never tell what will happen next it's 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 money it's that you set aside because if there's one stressor that can really take your, your spirits away from me is having to think of paying bills, expenses, right? Um, and if you don't have enough resources to work with, you have you did not have anything set aside for such conditions. I mean, it's hard. Mm. It's going to take its mental toil on you one way or the other. I mean, yeah. I've experienced different stressors and financial stressors are the worst things to cope with because right now you feel helpless. Yeah. You know, it's not as if you own the company and you know work with you could stay make your you know this company stay afloat and make your your employees survive this entire situation so i guess that's one thing you we should learn is to set aside money so that in any situation imagine me me here in the philippines we experienced tal volcano erupting last february right and now we have covid I mean, if there were no financial resources to work with, yeah. I don't know where we would be yeah, right and I now. Think, so I think that's I the think, best thing I could say yeah. for anybody so, who's listening out there. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think the one thing that we can probably also do is hold on to our faith because um, that, that should at least help oh, us yes. internally, emotionally, psychologically. That, that should... Yes. Um, Yes. That should be something we can draw a little bit of our strength from. Um, and I find myself doing a lot more uh, meditation, affirmation, um, things that um, through my faith would make me think more positively so I won't uh, spiral down in this um, negative, you know, yes. Negative, yes. negative situation. Yes, <laughs> You cannot mm-hmm. afford to... To lose yourself, you have to get the grip and you have to hold on tight yes. and you have to be able to, you know, climb slowly up in spite of the challenges. Um, this situation teaches us also how to be, it's like true. you said, how to be resilient and how to hold on to hope that things will get better. Okay? You agree about that? <laughs> you yes, agree that that's yes, one of yes. the things that we... That, oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. I guess everyone has has found themselves in the situation where even if they don't believe in a in a higher being, they have talked to somebody they think would be higher than them who helped them out. I mean, I'm thankful that like in our church we're having daily devotions online twice. And we have we have it every morning and we have our nightly services and we have our Bible studies and it does you know help having to have that spiritual grounding uh, intact. You know. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, 
it helps it helps you with your mental state it helps you think that everything's going to be okay you know i mean if not for our, our faith i don't think we revive this as easy you know I, i'm not saying it so easily i don't think we have we could have survived it as how we have already survived it without faith right that's right that's right so i think um at least in a way this would uh, really make us think about how we can improve ourselves as people how we can become yes. uh, more attuned to other people's needs not just ourselves and how we can practice the longest patience if, if it's a stick the longest stick how long is a piece of string we have to be able to um, extend and extend extend as much as we can well anna i, I really want to uh, continue chatting with you but i think we have to end our our program for now but I'm not too worried about that because we've already agreed that there will be a part two. There will be a oh, part yes. two of this. Uh, we will be talking about um, office, the work, a day in the life of something like office related and some controversial stuff around that. And um, I've, I've told my listeners in the first podcast that I used to be um, working in radio and I have received a number of letters that I, I just kept, <laughs> kept in an email. I have already looked for that letter that we will talk about um, when you come back to to my show. So at the mo today we won't be reading any letter because we're just focusing on just unpacking some of the issues around sure. uh, COVID and how we articulate that, uh, what we feel, what we experience at the moment. So people who can uh, hear us or listen to us or watch us will say, okay, I'm not alone in this. Other people are also feeling the same way so yes. in that way yes. hopefully they can feel a little bit more relieved so yes. Anna, thank you for coming uh, to, to my show today and i also thanks want for to having thank, me yep thank you also to gorilla podcast syndicate that we are all a member of so i'm also promoting them and um maybe some of our listeners or viewers would like to listen to the other podcasts as part of the syndicate so there's all a lot of different topics there's lifestyle there's technology there is uh, something around financial management, um, something about specific skills or specific industries. And I said that, um, in, in my first podcast that our show is focused more around, you know, just casually talking about hot topics that maybe women would be interested to, to learn about or know more about. So, Anna, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. This is not the end. We'll have a part two. Maybe there will be a oh, part yes. three. Who knows? I look forward so, to that. <laughs> so, so thank you, Anna. And um, I hope that you inspired people today. Thank you. I had a great time. And I look for next uh, podcast. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. And hope to see you in the next episode. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And if you want to know more, check out gorillapodcast.com.ph. Gorilla Podcast Syndicate Production.
We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com